Well, Kellen Moore is set to return to the Dallas Cowboys in 22 as the offensive coordinator after the Miami Dolphins announced their official head coach hiring. We'll talk about that tonight on the show. Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you guys for tuning in as every Sunday through Thursday night. I missed you guys. I'm happy that we are back on the show and I'm ready to, to get into it. We'll address something that we have been kind of avoiding over the last couple of weeks as we recovered from, you know, the effects of maybe recency bias after watching the Cowboys lose in the wildcard round. I think we're ready to talk about Kellen Moore, especially now that he is officially basically set to return to the Dallas Cowboys in 2022. So that is right. We will get into three reasons to be optimistic about it. And finally, we'll close out the show with some thoughts on the 2022 Pro Bowl, which was, well, you know what? We'll get into it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for tuning in. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you for being here. What is up, Burner account? Saying thanks, Miami. You had one job. We'll get into that as well. Uh, Jay Cooper saying keeping Callen is good. I know that we will have some controversy going around in the YouTube chat and in the Facebook chat. Chuck, what is up? Thank you for tuning in over at Facebook. Samuel Rowe, definitely this has to be. I know it is a joke, Samuel, saying Moore is the next Bill Walsh. Joseph saying no, not Moore. You know, you see, we're starting off with some controversy in the chat. So let's get to it. Let's start the show officially. What is up, Kenneth, over at Facebook? Shout out to you guys who are also tuning in on time. And also, shout out to the podcast audience who listens to this after we stream live on social media. Remember, guys, that you can check out ADC Sports Dallas over at your Spotify feeds, your iTunes feeds, whatever you wherever you listen to podcasts you can find adc sports dallas out there so let's start the show officially and let's talk about kellen moore Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. I'm excited to be with you tonight. We'll talk about Kellen Moore because for those of you guys who maybe missed the news, the Miami Dolphins have officially announced the hiring of their new head coach, Mike McDaniel, who was the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, part of the famous and much sick, sought-after uh, McBay slash Shanahan family tree or coaching tree. He is now the new Miami Dolphins head coach, and that is very important for the Cowboys because the other finalist that was known from the Miami Dolphins head coaching search was none other than Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, which in turn, in turn means that Moore is likely to stay put with the Dallas Cowboys. 
Right now, it's more a fact than a possibility. I believe Kellen Moore is going to be back with the Cowboys. Jerry Jones had gone on the radio not that long ago to talk about how he expected Moore to be back. And the question was whether or not he was going to get hired elsewhere. It was never really a question of whether or not the Cowboys want to move on. So now that we know that, we have to get ready for another season of Kellen Moore with the Dallas Cowboys. And I know that there's going to be a lot of backlash on social media versus the Cowboys because I know that, you know, Cowboys fans, hey, we're not happy how the season ended in 2021. The Cowboys had a lot of talent. It was expected that they got past the wildcard round but they fell short versus the 49ers, a team that eventually made it to the NFC Championship game. And I thought that it was time to take a look at some reasons, some of the reasons why we should be optimist, optimistic about Kellen Moore being back for another year. And Stephen says over at Facebook, another year for disappointment. Shane Carter says, better to have Kellen Moore than Bill O'Brien or Adam Gase. We will leave. Samuel says, Moore took another L from uh, McDonald, says Samuel Rowe, of course, talking about, you know, McDaniel. Let's see. Here's a question, the opening question of the show. Yes or no, are you happy? Right now, straight up, right off the bat, instant reaction. Are you happy Kellen Moore is returning to the Cowboys in 2022? Yes or no? Because I know a lot of people feel differently about this, especially now that two weeks have gone by. Maybe the the injuries are a little bit more healed and maybe we are thinking with a, a cooler head after what we witnessed a couple of weeks ago. Yes, says Kenny Clark, let him be back. Burner account says no. The truth says no. Joseph goes with a no. Lumen says yes. I don't know if I hope Lumen is talking from a Cowboys standpoint, though, because Lumen is a Titans fan. Shout out to Lumen, who's always here. Peter Riso says, no. Eric says, yes. Joseph says, I wanted Sean Payton. Well, we were not, we will, we were never getting Sean Payton for 2022, I, I believe. Uh, hell no, says Tommy. Baylor, Bailey says, no. Shane Carter says, ask me again. And Shane Carter, adcsports.com writer, by the way. Ask me again after free agency and the draft. Well, but that's cheating, Chain. That's cheating because Kellen Moore has nothing to do with free agency and the draft. He's not going to be signing players. So I believe we demand an answer from Chain. Yes or no? I will tell you what. It is definitely a difficult question to answer, though, right now. I feel more like Samuel than anything else. He says, it is what it is, and that's cheating too. So I will tell you what, I am leaning more towards a yes than a no at the moment. Let's get into some of the reasons why we should be optimistic. And before you tune out of the show and you say, well, this guy, first of all, he looks like he's 15 years old, and and second of all, he is going to try to tell us why Kellen Moore coming back is a good thing. I don't need to hear it. I'm going to turn out the show. Before you do that, let me ask you something. Let, let me 
ask you to humor me for a moment and try to listen to the three reasons why. And also try to look at it from a perspective of, you know what, none of us or no one is happy and no one is going to justify what happened in the second half of the season for the Dallas Cowboys. The decline in production, the decline in efficiency for the Cowboys offense is unacceptable. The way that the run game absolutely crumbled late in the year and stopped working at all, that all of that is unacceptable and Kellen Moore should be held accountable for that. Having said that, having said that, I think it is important to say this is not, in my opinion, a Scott Linehan kind of situation because we have seen success from Kellen Moore's offense in certain points of the year. Is that enough? Definitely not. Kellen Moore has a lot of room for improvement, and we want to see what the Cowboys were doing in the first couple of months of 2021 season and take that and translate that into the second half of the season when when the games matter the most. November football, December football, all of that. So the number one reason why I think we should be optimistic is actually more of a fact than an actual opinion. So I will try to leave my opinion out of this and I will just point towards the number one reason, which is pass reduction. This is a fact. The Cowboys offense, when Dak Prescott has been with the team and Kellen Moore has been calling the plays, the Cowboys offense has been efficient and has been actually kind of a top 10 offense in the league. These numbers are from at Cowboys stats who I want to get on the show, by the way, because I love his content and I believe that his analytics insight provides a lot of value. 2019 EPA per play, second in the league, while success rate is first was first in the league in 2019. That, guys, that has to matter. It's not enough. It's not enough to win championships. It's not all about the statistics and the mathematics of the game. I agree with that. I'm not saying it is but it matters. You cannot take a look at what an NFL team did towards an entire regular season and just dismiss it just because they weren't a in the NFC Championship game or anything like that. Then you got you uh, get to 2020 in which EPA per play was well below average. It was all the way down at 17, but the success rate was number 2 in the NFL. The difference between these two statistics for those who don't follow necessarily uh, analytics sort of stats, success rate doesn't put any weight into big plays or turnover plays. So while EPA does, success rate just measures how many of your plays provided positive EPA and how many of them didn't. And I think that the 2020 EPA per play is so low because the Cowboys were turning the ball over at a very high rate. And I'm sure you remember that very, very well. All right. So 2021 EPA per play, even after that second half of poor offensive football, they ended up ranking in the top 10 specifically as the eighth best offense in the NFL. And I'm going to get back to my point because I fully understand the frustration and I fully understand People that will go, and I will use uh, Stephen as an example here. I fully understand what Stephen is trying to say. He says, I don't care what you do in the regular season. 
What did he do in the playoffs? I 100% agree with Stephen and his frustration. However, it does matter. We cannot take a look at 17 games of evidence from regular football and just ignore it completely because the Cowboys lost a close game because even, even though it didn't feel that close, and I think that the scoreboard was not as close as it really uh, as it really was, I think the 49ers actually kind of dominated the wildcard game. It was a one-possession game. When it was all said and done, it was a one-possession game. So I think that that production matters, first and foremost. We have seen a Kellen Moore that is able to get his offense going, whether... The Cowboys didn't replicate that in the postseason or even in the entire second half of the 2021 season. We have seen before that Kellen Moore can lead an offense in the NFL. And I take a look at it. I compare it to, for example, Cliff Kingsbury's Cardinals, who have been famous for having strong first halves of the year and then just dropping in the second half. And I'm sure you've heard all these stats about their win-loss record, even from when he was over there in college at Texas Tech. I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard about it all. And even this decline from the Cowboys in 2021 wasn't as steep as the Cardinals ones have been. The Cowboys were still winning games, even if they weren't pretty. The Cowboys were still, the passing game, for example, was not entirely broken. I, for one, believe that the running game was entirely broken. And I think Kellen Moore should be held accountable for that as well. And for many other reasons too. But this wasn't, this wasn't enough to finish Kellen Moore's career out of nowhere. Kel, uh, Burner account, thank you for your comment and your donation. Look at Kellen Moore compared to playoff versus non-playoff teams. This is Burner account. And even though... That is important, somewhat important. I, for example, always turn towards the winning team discussion because we've heard this again and again and again as well. The Cowboys, and hey, smash that like button if you have heard this before, by the way. Smash that like button if you have. How many times have we heard the Cowboys cannot beat winning teams or Dak Prescott cannot beat winning teams or hey, Kellen Moore cannot beat winning teams? The Chiefs that went on and won and won the Super Bowl in 2019, they were three and three versus winning teams in that season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are right now until Super Bowl 56 is played, are right now the NFL champions. Let's put them that label or the, the most recent champions in the NFL. You want to take a guess at how their win-loss record looked after the regular season versus winning teams? One and four. Oof. One and four. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers that ended up winning the Super Bowl versus winning teams, they went one and four. So I get that. I, I get all of the frustration. I get all of the stats that maybe try to tell us that, hey, the Cowboys are not going to work with Kellen Moore. But I also look at so, <laughs> so many other stats that show us, <laughs> Joshua Davis just said in the Facebook chat, wow, Ron, and I, I don't even know how to react to that comment. 
Ah, Joshua Davis, thank you for that comment, though. You made me laugh, man. When we needed it, when we needed it. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. We have seen so many evidence that the Cowboys have reasons to believe in Kellen Moore. Now, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that, hey, I assure you that Kellen Moore is going to be the guy for the Cowboys and he's going to be the future of the franchise and we're going to win Super Bowls with him. I'm not trying to send that message here. What I am trying to say is that he is 33 years old and we have seen good things from him and we have seen some quite bad, we have seen some bad stuff from Kellen Moore. Someone mentioned in the chat, Bailey over there at YouTube, why didn't he play Pollard more? That was unacceptable. The fact that he got uh, Pollard got three carries, I believe, versus the Cardinals. He was on the bench for the 49ers game most of the time, even though Ezekiel Elliott was dealing with an injury and all of that. So we have seen some bad things from Kellen Moore. We have, we have also seen some pretty good things, which brings us to the number two reason to be optimistic for Kellen Moore. And that to me would be the play designs. We don't know what scheme Kellen Moore wants to live on because we've talked about him being a play collector instead of him having a set identity on offense in which the Cowboys can fall back on when things are not going their way, offensively speaking. We have talked about that throughout the season, but we know that his designs are good and they work most of the time. And I think that we have seen a lot of evidence for this throughout Kellen Moore's career. But one of the most clearest examples that I would bring up for to make a case for him is, for example, the quads formations that we saw early in the year. Four receivers to one side of the field. And we saw Kellen Moore actually build on these formations and use counters for each play, have change-ups for each of these formations. And he used this formation in different ways throughout the first few weeks of the regular season until opponents were able to, to catch on. And one of those variations, for example, was Connor McGovern walking out there as a tight end. At first, that worked, and we were excited about it as well. I think that Kellen Moore's strength, biggest strength, comes with the play designs, and that has to do with all of the stories that we have heard about Kellen Moore growing up scouring over playbooks, the fact that he worked with Chris Peterson over at Boise State, a coach that was kind of in that same philosophy of collecting plays instead of having one set uh, identity on offense, spread formation, white zone offense, all of that. So yeah, Whew. that would be what number the number two reason to be optimistic about Kellen Moore. Chat says, I have zero optimism about Kellen or his future with the Cowboys. And actually, that was a question that I was going to bring up as well in just a few moments here in the chat. Thank you, chat. Kevin says, Kellen Moore needs better game planning. This is something that I strongly agree with as well. I think that we have seen some teams be kind of punched in the mouth with some certain looks on defense. And for example, the Bills and the Chiefs throughout the first eight, 10 weeks of the season, we were talking about teams playing them with two high safeties, with no blitzing and all of that, and they were able to adapt late in the year. In December, we were seeing a Patrick Mahomes that was willing to check down 
his throws, willing to trust his running backs instead of forcing things downfield. And a similar thing happened with the Bills, for example. And late in the year, the Cowboys started getting this treatment, more or less. The, the opposing defenses were playing them with two high safeties, trying to take those deep shots away, those explosive plays away. And the Cowboys never really seemed to adapt to that. But does that mean that Kellen Moore will never, ever find the answer to those kind of problems? I think it doesn't. I really think it doesn't mean that. I know that a lot of people will feel differently about this, and I'm fine with it. I'm just trying to maybe provide a little bit of perspective about this whole thing. Do you think, for example, that we saw enough to take one of the guys who was considered, considered one of the hottest young coaching candidates in the NFL is what we saw in the second half of the season enough to not only take that away from him, but also call for him to be fired from the Cowboys. Because I fully understand teams waiting on Kellen Moore to name him a head coach, because when you're talking about such a position, you're talking about much more than X's and O's. You're also talking about command of the room, leadership, and all of that. Devontae Griffin says, you don't need every stat to be a lit to win is what I am saying, says Devontae Griffin. And that is something that I agree with as well. Roger says, Kellen would be a great head coach in with football. <laughs> Roger, I, I, speaking of with football, just a quick parenthesis. I saw that home team movie from with Kevin James playing Sean Payton, and I actually loved it. I think that was a fun, a, a fun movie. Kellen Moore is either stubborn, says Bailey, or letting the Jones boys influence him, in my opinion. Hey, and the front office will always be a conversation when we discuss Cowboys coaches, right? That is part of the job and for good reason because we are also sitting here wondering did the Cowboys didn't play Tony Pollard enough because of the front office. Quest says over at Facebook and what is up, young star over at, uh, at Facebook too. Excuse me, Quest says on YouTube. We wasted 10 years in Jason Garrett, the carrot. <laughs> Jason Garrett, the carrot. Oh, my God. Had his first couple of years, Cowboys fans were saying the exact same thing you're saying about Kellen Moore. The proofs is in the putting. Ah, I don't know about that one, Quest, because I don't know that. Well, maybe during the first couple of years, we were talking about that uh, with Jason Garrett. <clears throat> But we're talking about a head coach and we're comparing him to an offensive coordinator here. So I really don't know about that one, to be honest, but I understand your point. And just like you will get coaches that you're trying to see why you're optimistic about them and stuff, sometimes it will work out, sometimes it will not work out. And I can, I can you know, see that comment and mention the Dan Quinn example as well. People were pointing towards Dan Quinn's defenses not working over the past few years when he was with the Falcons. And even during his final year, I believe, with the Seattle Seahawks, although I, I think I'm misremembering that, at least the Atlanta Falcons situation. People were not happy. Remember that? People were not happy about Dan Quinn. And maybe they were happy that it was no longer Mike Nolan, but no one was expecting Dan Quinn to put together 
such a good defense or to steer away from his cover three identity to become a man-to-man coach, a coach of a man-to-man defense that played primarily cover one, which is what happened with the Cowboys this season. But he did turn things around. So just like we have seen kind of optimism around coaches and ended up not working out, we have also seen pessimism around coaches that end up working out. So again, I, I understand the frustration and all of that. I understand the frustration and all of that, but I do believe that recency bias is quite strong around the conversation with Kellen Moore. Eliasar says, think it was more along the lines of Jason Garrett when he was the offensive coordinator and Jerry Jones coveted him, just like Kellen Moore now. Michael says, Dan Quinn reinventing his scheme used to be straight zone defense, says Michael. And that is part of my point. And hey, even more to the point, I don't think Kellen Moore has to reinvent his offense. I think maybe he needs to find what scheme he wants to live by, what he wants his identity on offense to be. And he also needs to figure out some game planning specific situations. How do you answer when an opposing team is playing you with quarters coverage or coverage six or this and that, when they're not pressuring you, when they are blitzing you, when they are showing you simulated pressures, which was definitely an issue for the Cowboys late in the season versus the Cardinals versus the 49ers. He doesn't need to reinvent his offense like Dan Quinn reinvented his defense. And if you think about it, that that can be even promising. Again, I'm not saying that I am 100% sure that Kellen Moore will figure it out, but I am saying that people are acting, I believe, not everyone, of course, but some in Cowboys Nation, which I don't agree with, are acting as if Kellen Moore was caught Linehan in 2018 or in 2017. And I don't think that is the case at all. I don't think that is the case at all. Anyways, the number two reason to be optimistic about Dak Prescott, about Kellen Moore, excuse me, spoiler alert, is the fact that the Cowboys do have Dak Prescott. And hey, at least the Cowboys are going to walk into 2022 with quite a good quarterback that can figure things out alongside your offensive coordinator. And I believe that we have seen more, way more good stuff from Dak Prescott than what we saw in the second half of the year, which again, not justifiable. The Cowboys should be held accountable for what happened, the decline in offense and all of that. But also, I believe that if you have Dak Prescott, at least you have an answer at quarterback and you, feel, and you should feel better about what's ahead of your, for your offense. What is up, Chava Vargas says, Kellen Moore needs an identity. Are you power running? Fine. Are you West Coast passing offense? Fine, but please put on a mask and do your team to understand that identity, says Chava Vargas, which is more or less something that I agree with as well. I would like to see Kellen Moore, the play collector, try to find out an identity and stick to that for the most part, but also just merge that with your creativity and your creative play designs and keep doing your thing. Kellen Moore needs to take a long walk off his short dog, so tired of the Jones's burner account. Team Hall over at Facebook. Yes, reports are out there, but Dallas needs a wide receiver with top speed, 
one that takes the top off the defense, Steam Hall. That would be amazing. That would be amazing for the Cowboys. Adding that vertical threat to the offense would be something, no doubt about it. Milton says, tell him to run the damn football. We've got the two best backs in the league, and he don't use them to the best of their abilities. That is something, one of the priorities that I would say Kellen Moore has on his plate for the offseason. Because that, the, the things that we saw from the running game, those are not just because your running backs are not being patient and all of that. I don't think you can put, uh, you can put the blame on that. I also think that you can put somewhat of the blame on your offensive line, but it's not enough. I agree with what, uh, sorry, with what Milton was saying. You also need to figure that out scheme-wise with the Cowboys in, in the running game. Uh, let's see. Just, oh, Joshua Davis says, yeah, they were answering my question. Oof, let me see if I can find that question real quick. What is up, Stevie Mac? Thank you for being here in the chat. What also sucks is we're about to have a bad off-season room. Stephen has already set it up to be the way that way and has his excuses in place. Oof. Oh, here is what Joshua was talking about. All right, all right, I get it. I've heard rumors about Juju Smith-Schuster wanting to come to Dallas. Have you heard any news on this? We discussed this on Thursday night, more in depth. In short, the conclusion was that he did speak about the Cowboys briefly because he was sharing an event with Dak Prescott, a 7-Eleven event. But I don't see, I don't see how Juju Smith-Schuster fits with the Cowboys because even though I do see him potentially signing a one-year deal in free agency, his last one-year contract was for $8 million. So I don't see him with the Cowboys. I, I really don't. But, but he did say, and Juju Smith-Schuster did talk about the Cowboys, and he said that it would be great to play with Dak Prescott and in the facilities of the Cowboys. Ooh, Burner account has, like, the goal question that is 100% impossible to fully answer from the outside looking in. Mo, what does Mike McCarthy actually do? He's not, even though we cannot fully know exactly what each and every one of his responsibilities is as a Cowboys head coach, unless someone from the inside is talking to us about it, he wouldn't be the first coach in the NFL to be in sort of this CEO role. So he coordinates the coaches, maybe. He makes decisions during the game, four down decisions, going for it, kicking the field goal, managing the clock. And I know, and I know like that's his responsibility. It doesn't necessarily mean that he does that at a high level, <laughs> but, but Mike McCarthy surely takes care of, of clock management and all of that. So he does not call the plays on offense or anything like that. That much we know more of his responsibilities could feature Simpler things that do not necessarily have to do with X's and O's as much. I'm sure he has input. I will tell you that. I think that a lot of people want to act as if he had no input on the Cowboys offense. I'm pretty sure that even though he's not installing it, even though he's not the offensive architect for the Cowboys, he does have some input, I believe. And I think that we have seen some evidence of it 
for example, with the inverted wishbone formation that the Cowboys used versus the Vikings. That is a formation that we saw with McCarthy's Packers not that long ago. Some years ago, not that long ago, relatively. Rel- relatively. You mean he's a puppet, says Roger Hernandez. No, I don't mean that. But he's not, he's definitely not the first and will not be the last head coach that is not calling plays or that is not installing an offense. I'm not that happy with Mike McCarthy either. Uh, And I do believe he will have one of the hottest seats in the NFL in 2022. Anyways, before we move on from Kellen Moore, just a final, you know, trying to see where we are all at. From 1 to 10, how would you rank your optimism or confidence could be another word for more bouncing back in 2022? What is up, Joey Bella? Thank you for being here in the Facebook uh, show. Make sure you hit the like button, by the way. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime as well by sharing the show. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Samuel Rowe goes with a 7 Joey Bella goes with a seven and a half. Peter Rizzo goes with a lower five. Uh, Joshua Davis says six. Burner account says, you mean Jason Garrett 2.0? That's a zero from Burner account. Team Hall goes with a five. Stevie Mack goes with a four. Four for Roger Hernandez. Oh, Miss Felony Strutter going out with a high eight. I like that. I like that. Five or six. I will go. I will go with a six and a half. I don't want to go as low as six. Oh, Lumen actually at the same time came in with his comment and he said six and a half. So yeah, I don't want to go as low as six and I don't want to go as high as seven. So I will go with six and a half. That's my confidence level for Kellen Moore bouncing back, figuring out a way to take what he does well. And again, I don't believe that he needs to reinvent his offense It's just these things that he needs to figure out when it comes to, you know, game planning versus specific situations, dealing with certain looks from the defense and not adjusting during the game, like the simulated pressures and all of that. Minus 10, says Tommy. So not very very optimistic from Tommy. Chalk says, one, my first two Cowboys books... Come out in September, says Miss Felony Strutter. So I believe uh, we have a writer here. Thank you for being here. Uh, Cowboys for life. I agree with you, says Joshua Davis. All right. Last but not least, before we get out of here, did you guys see Trevon Diggs and Stefan Diggs going at it in the Pro Bowl? We saw uh, Trevon lined up as a receiver with Stefan doing his part as a defensive back. And that was weird. And I wanted to ask you because, man, it's such a weird experience, the Pro Bowl. It really is. You usually get into this moment during the game in which you see, in which you say, never again will I sit down to watch the NFL's Pro Bowl. And then a year goes by and you kind of forget about that statement. Or you maybe remember the statement, but you don't act like it and you sit You sit down to watch it once again and you say, maybe it's not as bad. I'm excited about seeing this player or that player. And you end up getting disappointed once again. So the question is, what is one word to describe 
the Pro Bowl and how you experience the Pro Bowl. What is one word to describe that Pro Bowl? And says, uh, Joshua Davis says, I was laughing the whole time. Travel on stage, getting cooked to Samuel Rowe. There was that, hey, there was that moment in which, in which Stefan Diggs had the ball and he was kind of threatening with a pass. And I was sure that Trevon Diggs was about to hit him when he was about to cut up the field and run it, run it in for a touchdown. But you got to give it to Stefan Diggs. He, he did beat his younger brother on today's Pro Bowl. My word is tedious because I think that it, it always gets to a point in which I'm thinking, why am I, am I looking at this? Micah was like the only one hitting and tackling out there since Dallas Young. And even I expected, I, I think that Micah might have gotten a word from the NFL or from the Cowboys because he said on Saturday that he was going to go hard as heck. Those were his exact words. And he also said that he was going to be like Sean Taylor out there in the playing field. And I believed him. And I wrote an article about it on adcsports.com. I wrote about me believing him. Like if there is something that I learned from the 2021 season from the Cowboys is never to doubt Micah Parsons. However, I it, it sure looked like he got a word from the team or his agent or something like that because there were some plays in which he was going all in like Dallas Junk is saying over at YouTube. But there were also some plays in which he definitely, definitely was not going hard as heck. Joshua says lame. Rogers says joke. Uh, BNC Gaming, amazing. Lumen Entertainment. Hey, it is entertainment. I agree with that. No defense is chalk. Uh, Fonts is Samuel. Daniel goes with boring, embarrassing, entertaining. So you can see we have a wide range of answers over here in the YouTube and the Facebook chat. 15-minute stops, click, TV off. Says Michael, see, I never get to do that. I, I never get to that point. I, for one, for some reason, I just cannot turn it off. Joey Vela says different, unnecessary. Says Miss Felony Strutter. That, that might be a good word for it too. Joke, says Tommy. So, one more thing, two-hand touch. I will just say, uh, Tommy, Tommy says that Michael lied to us, LOL. He, he might have lied to us. Either he lied to us or someone, you know, got in his ear about, you know what, you should slow down on tomorrow's game. Maybe maybe someone said that to him on Saturday after they heard what Michael Parsons was on about on TV. Anyways, I did like the fact that the rule was there for you to go for it on 4th and 15 from your own 25-yard line. And if you converted, you had the football. And if not, the opponent took over. So you were risking field position, but you were getting a chance at an onside kick. But instead of kicking it, you were being asked to go for it on fourth and 15. Teams, for those of you who didn't tune in, teams failed. And they went something like 0 for 8 on those fourth and 15 attempts. But I will tell you what I liked is... The fact that they tried, and I don't mean this in a cheesy way like A for effort. I mean this in a way <laughs> that you were given the option to do something 
fun and creative in the Pro Bowl, and teams didn't shy away from it. So at least there was that. At least there was that. I turned it off after the 100 interception. Thomas says, I didn't see a punt today. And the TV broadcast, Thomas is spot on here. The, <laughs> the TV broadcast was actually focusing on Brian Anger and the AFC's punter. I don't remember who it was. And they were kind of, you know, having some fun with the fact that the punters were not even playing. They were not even involved in the football game. Shout out to Brian Anger, though. He had quite a good season. Uncle Charles, thank you for being here in the YouTube chat. Thank you for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. But guys, that being said, oh, before we go, though, some updates here from Adam Schefter. It appears it looks like Josh McCown will not be the head coach for, for the Houston Texans. Houston and which is the other team? The New Orleans Saints are the two teams that still have vacancies at their respective head coaching positions. But no, I just got a notification from Adam Schefter that he tweeted, Texans still believe Josh McCown will one day be a great head coach, but it just doesn't look like today because they're going to interview Lovie Smith for a head coach opening. So Lovie Smith is getting into the head coaching conversation Let's see if he ends up being hired by the Houston Texans. Anyways, just wanted to give you an update in case something bigger had happened. But hey, thank you for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, your primetime host, here live every Sunday through Thursday night. Guys, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys articles, for more Mavericks articles. Stevie Mac says... I will take McCown as a QB coach. I like that idea quite a lot. I think Josh McCown will be a good coach. Hey, I don't know about the head coach of an NFL franchise, but I do want to see him get into coaching because at least you know that he's quite a good leader. So maybe Josh McCown ends up working on that, uh, on some of those you know roles as TV Mac was saying. Thank you to Joey. Thank you to you guys for tuning into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, and we will likely talk about some senior bowl prospects now that that is all said and done. So make sure you tune in. Thank you, guys. I will see you tomorrow, adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you, guys.